welcome to Indigenous. This is Angela, and I'm here with a couple of filmmakers at Dead Center. If you'll introduce yourself and tell us about yourself. Yate, hello. My name is Michael R. L. Begay. I'm Navajo in San Domingo Pueblo, and I come from Chicago, Illinois, with Windy City Navajo Studio. And who's with us? Also, Samuel Begay with Windy City Navajo Studio. I'm logistics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I see you carrying around your little camera there. <laughs> so tell us why you're here at, at Dead Center. All right, so we're here at, you know, watch some films. That's the best part. But overall, we have two films here. One is with Windy City Navajo, which is called Dues, D-U-E-S, with Bobby Wilson. It's all about American graffiti. It's a documentary about him doing a mural. Now, that's the one that was produced by us, which is Windy City Navajo Studio. So, now the second one, I worked on a crew as a first AC with Pichon Bread under her film called Diary of Mistress Red. So, that's actually showcasing tonight, which is, we're very excited to see it and watch it because it was fun really working with her and shooting her film. So we have two films here, which is great to see. So we're here to check out Oklahoma and see what you guys have to offer. So far, we love it here in the city. <laughs> now, where are y'all from originally? Originally? All right. So it's a story. You guys want to sit down and turn your volume up? We're going to get down some history right here, you guys. All right. So it was part of the 1957 Relocation Act. So you can blame the government on this. So my grandpa was picked off from Fort Defiant, Windrock, Rocks, Arizona, and just dropped in the middle of Chicago because of the Relocation Act. Now from there, my grandpa stayed on the Windy City in Chicago. So now me, I was born in Albuquerque, but left at a young age. Left at the age of three, and I grew up on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. So at the end of the day, we call Chicago our home because that's where we're from you know we didn't grow up on the reservation we grew up in the street of Chicago and how does that inform your work what informs our work with us you know we keep everything real we're not here to fake it till you make it and how everybody else will want to do it us we're straight real you know we work we did everything we went through all the trauma tribulation through our life in Chicago you know like at the end of the day being an Indian in Chicago and having long hair and having the last name Begay come on I heard it all it builds a nice tough skin on me you know I could take it and dish it out as much as I can take it but at the end of the day what that did for us it got us out of our bubble, you know. We went out, we experienced the world and what the true world had to offer to an indigenous, a real indigenous, growing up in the city of Chicago. And we all know Chicago has their nickname, Chirac, Iraq, you know. We know it all. But like we said, everything that we shoot for Windy City Navajo Studio, which is all in all indigenous owned. Like for us, we own all our equipment. And we're, you know, we got our red camera. We have all our cine lens. You know, we're going to be busting it out today and interview people. So, like I said, we're going to interview you while you interview us. <laughs> you see? So, that's the best thing about us growing up in Chicago. We learn how to learn the industry standards, hold ourselves to standard, and we don't run on Indian time because everybody else don't in the real world. They don't. So, we are always taught to be there early, you know. Be ready. So that's why we love growing up in the city of Chicago because it made us who we are. You know, because if it wasn't for Indians living in the city that are from the city and grew up in the city, we lay out the platform for other Indians from the reservation to come in and be at ease and be overall welcome because I have scars on my face. As you can see, but viewers at home who's listening, you can't really see, you know, it's podcast. But I have a scar on my head because I was being an Indian, you know. I got harassed for being in long hair. I got beat up, got hit, but, you know, I never back down. I stand up. So that's why I'm proud to say I'm Navajo. Hence why we name our studio Windy City Navajo. Okay, I wondered about that. 
So did you get started in school, high school? Did you go to college to learn how to do all the production stuff? All right. So like I said, I'm all self-taught, but how this one, like everybody else is doing one thing. This is not our only revenue in filmmaking. This is one of the many things that we're adding to all our tools into our belts. So we started off as champion dancers in the Powell Trail. You know, my brother and I, there's three of us. We are known as the big A boys back in the days. You know, we were undefeated. All three of us, we took first, second and third and took the top three places to the point where back then people said, oh, you couldn't make a living around Powell. You couldn't do that. But us, we did it. We proved everybody wrong because growing up in Chicago, they either said you're going to be dead, a drunk, an alcoholic or in jail or in prison. That's what's the logistics that we grew up. But we proved everybody wrong and also the indigenous world that you can make a living by something you want to do. For us, our outlet was dancing. You know, we danced northern style traditional, all three of us. Now from there, we got sponsored by Indian Motorcycle. Yes. So we were the first indigenous kids to be fully sponsored by Indian Motorcycle in their history company. Yeah, so that's how we started off there. Then from there, we started going with um, news from Indian country. Then uh, we got sponsored. Then we went overseas, dance on Gathering Nation, dance true. We went to London, Singapore, even in Hong Kong. We danced everywhere. So we even did the Native American Music Awards, the NAMIs. We were the first one to be there when it started from the beginning down in Albuquerque at the Pope Hall Joy. Man, it was amazing as a young kid because what open our eyes to that we got to see behind how at that time you know there's not a lot of natives in this film in anything we're like less than one percent and we all know the stereotype now for us we were breaking it as little kids we saw as a young age all three of us my brother and i we look at each other and we're like hey i know dancing took us here made us champion dancer we made our money there and we're not lie like i said we're straight real we'll tell you the reason why we dance because why we needed the money to survive in chicago it's expensive it's very expensive to live in a city and it wasn't our choice to be dropped there in the city it was the government but at the end of the day as native people we are strong yes it's going to be tough but we can make it at any 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 outcome we can always persevere and go ahead now with that in mind we learn we watch them we watch everybody you know we're we're a poster child as you can say we, we saw all the pictures all the equipment all the camera as kids we are we actually talk to them you know little kids talking to big adults you know asking them well what kind of camera you guys do what is your point of view and you know what's the best software best camera so at a very very young age we were already learning how to do that but also making multiple business to we make multiple business to actually build our own business like right now we've been working up for the film so now we're actually here like i said i'm also a red certified in the red technician so i'm a red technician from red cinema camera and you guys don't know what red out there i'm gonna tell you what red is red is a digital cinema camera so if you guys all watch michael bay he's a great director you know all his film like transformer was shot on a red komodo now i'm gonna tell you this i got a red komodo and i have it here with me today so like i said i'm gonna be around shooting so like us as native people the hardest thing is we don't own our stuff and that's the sad truth and people ain't gonna be real to tell you but this is who we are windy city navajo studio we're real we'll tell you guys straight up us we own everything and that's the biggest thing we want to promote for other indigenous people is take it back you know own your own equipment stop renting you don't you can self-fund yourself and you can make your own yes it's gonna be harder and a lot more struggle but you can do it we can do it all our films we make and every production that we do 
we own all our equipment hence why we can actually talk freely about what we want and what we can do to be a real voice on the big screen and also off the screen so are, what's your, what was your first film that you made Ah, oh, back in the day, you know, like I said, I started off with photo, taking pictures of everywhere where I was traveling in London and Singapore, so doing a lot of home videos. You know, back in iMovie Makers, man, on a window 96, 97, you know, I was always messing with that because I was always loved technology I was a little kid but even though we couldn't really afford it you know I used to go to the Chicago Public School Library and just go over there and mess around as much and back then you couldn't really save anything on a floppy disk <laughs> so you have to start every day from back from brand new so that's literally how I learned just over and over repeating my skills harnessing you know now right now is YouTube go on there's so many platforms where you can expand where you don't even need to go to school you know I went to Haskell Indian Nation University got my social degree right there so shout out all the alumni out there Hasco you know we're making you guys even proud that hey even though we went to a BIA school or BIE school we're still making it happen and we're look where we're at we're in Oklahoma biggest film festival dead center and we also got to LA skins out in LA November we hit up the film circuit out there all the way from San Francisco all the way down to Beverly Hills all the way down to LA skin at the TCL Chinese theater we got our films there so like I said I'm representing a lot of natives all the schools that I've been to college Manon I'm up there in Wisconsin, Haskell Indian Nation University in Lawrence, Kansas. And yeah, I even went to IAIA. So, <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, you got to work with what you got and you can do anything you want as long as you push it and go and don't give up. Believe me, there's going to be a lot of people telling you you can't, but if you can do it, oh my God, the feeling is amazing. So how did you get connected with Bobby Dews? All right, so Bobby Dew, my brother, he can tell you a little bit because he used to run out in Chicago. He does a lot of with the, so we do a lot with the Native American organizations out in Chicago, you know, Title Seven and Title Nine. So my brothers work with them. So he actually brought them back up to 1491 where they started giving them all the, the first beginning. You want to talk a little bit about that? It was just basically, it was just basically around, um, I was working with Title Seven of Chicago on that with the um, grant and title writing program there. Um, they were trying to do something with the natives and that, but they wanted to inspire them. And at that time, it was the comedy. They were the biggest thing on YouTube at that point, blowing up. And they're, you know, I forget one of their sketches in that. Everyone loved it, the Medicine Man one. There you go, Zappy Medicine Man. That was it. That's that's what got in. That's what we brought him in. And from there, it just slowly watched his career go. And it, it was pretty neat, you know, bringing him out to Chicago for that. You know, that was a good thing they brought him out for Title Seven. So that's how we got first got introduced with Bobby. So no, do you guys do graffiti art as well? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Come on. We grew up in the city. We all did it. We ain't going to sugarcoat it. Yes, we did. You know, we actually had some ghetto stickers. If you guys don't know what ghetto sticker is, we all know Purdy Mel stickers where you write two descenders. Oh, well, in the city, we used to grab all those and it's a street thing. You know, you grew up in the city, you know exactly what we're talking about. You get those Priority Mel stickers and you tag on it, graffiti, cans, markers, whatever you want to do, you put it on it because when you pull off, you can jump and stick it anywhere and you'll be done with it real quick. So, yes, we do graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this doc is it a documentary? Yes. So Deuce D U E S with Bobby Wilson is a documentary. He's he went to II. That's where also where I met up with him again. I was like, hey, you're doing. He's doing an artist and registry, which is called Air at Santa Fe up there in um, Institute of American Indian Arts. So he was doing it for a whole month. Now within the first month, you know, I saw him when he did his opening speech. I was like, hey. Hey, oh friend what's good you know just over there because i started going to his shows and stuff even when we went to kansas so but when he was there at i when i was going to school at the time you know all right 
I had to do a project and I was like, you know, if I'm going to do something, I want to shoot into something real. And I like what he was talking about, what he was preaching. And for me, you know, I like to listen and do my homework and see who is the person is really who they say they are. You know, if you're going to put yourself out there, you better be real, you know. So with Bobby Wilson, I saw him there in the opening. All right. Now, I couldn't get a hold of him right there because he was a hard man to find during the registry, you know. And I was in my head. I had to sit there and go back to my streets and I'd be like, hey, you know, what? if he's a really tagger, he only could be tagging at night. Because for the first three weeks, I went to his office. He was never there. It was closed, 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 closed. And I'm just like, man, I really want to shoot this. So I started walking around the campus and try to see and, you know, daytime because all the other artists registry, they're doing different programs and stuff right there on the campus. Now, for me, I wanted to tagging because I love tagging. So I've been trying to track him down for three weeks now on his last week of the whole program i was like, all right i tried a daytime couldn't find him and i had to think there for a second i was like all right if he actually is a tagger and say who he is what's the best time to tag do you know what the best time is to tag i don't it's at night okay it's at nighttime come on so people don't get caught <laughs> <laughs> underneath the tungsten lights <laughs> so with that you know i walk around my camera every night walking and finding you know what i'll wait till like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock sometime midnight walking around campus and i'll hear one night like i think it was like the third night at night times walking around or all i heard i was like i know that sound turn my camera on real quick started getting closer running to it getting closer and i found it turned my camera started recording and i was recording while he was in the zone man he has his music on he was going there underneath the tungsten lights spray painting his big big mural like it's this mural so big that it's on the side of the whole building like oh my god it is huge and it's it's nice believe me it's really nice so with that said i started shooting while he was spray painting spray painting even to the point where i got behind i was like hey what's up and he's like oh he got scared holy you snuck up on me i was like i'm sorry but i said hey remember me michael begay what's up so from there we started talking talking so like if you watch dudes in the beginning you'll see nothing but tungsten light that's the first night that i started recording with them now from there we started talking talking more and then i brought in the big lights and we lightened up the whole wall where he started to go on time and finish his mural in time for the end end ceremony so that's how the documentary won now a lot of people don't know too is that when i was shooting that i was also running across on the other side of santa fe to help pichon bread shoot hers yeah. so at i was back yes all at the same time within the same week so it was it was crazy but it was fun i loved it yeah we we just interviewed pichon so she was telling us about that. And so how did you connect with her to help her shoot that? All right. So with that, you know, like I said, you got to put yourself out there. You definitely got to put yourself out there. No one's going to come knocking on the door and asking. You got to put yourself out there to get any kind of thing. Like for me, I saw she was looking for some help and stuff like that. So I contacted her straight to Pichon Bread. I, you know, Instagram messenger. I'd be like, hey, yo, my name is Michael Begay. You know, I'm a filmmaker. You know, I'm a red technician. I do all this. Would you need any volunteer? Like I said, like I even tell P. Sean Brad this in L.A. and stuff like that because I tell him, well, I look at myself as a volunteer on her film because I was only there for the experiments and just for everything that I can learn possibly on different shoot because I try to take and learn everything from every shoot. So that's why I tell P. Sean, you know, you didn't have to give me credit. You didn't have to give me first AC. Like I told you, I was a volunteer here on your film to help out because I'm here for the experience. So, yeah, we got to watch it, and it's so fun. Oh, yeah. I, I seen it in L.A. at the TC, or the TC Chinese Theater, and oh, my God, it was funny. I loved it. So. so I'm interested to see what the audience reaction will be here. But she was talking about how all of the elders and the aunties enjoyed it so much. 
<laughs> yeah, I was shocked. Like I said, you know, like I worked on that shoot, and from there, I haven't seen it, but I've been seeing her, been posting it on Instagram and stuff like that. So I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see it. Now I was like, well, where's the best place to see it? Is in LA on Hollywood Boulevard. We're at the film festival, LA Skin. So that's the first time I got to see it, and yeah, it was true. I was surprised. All the aunties and uncles, and you know, the grandpas and grandmas, they were laughing and getting a kick out of it. Even I was laughing. I was like, wow, that's a really great film because shooting it. Oh, it was it was fun. It was interesting. My motto was shoot everything and anything, and nah, that really pushed it. <laughs> I know. I was watching it with the the scene with one of the one of the gentlemen, and I was like, oh, that's wow. I can't believe he agreed to do that. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I laughed so hard because the guy was okay. So you guys watch it. There's a guy in a thong. <laughs> And with a red cap saying, make America great, the Trump slogan. And the guy who actually did it, he actually works at IAIA for like, I think he's like doing the marketing or something like that. But yeah, he's the main dude. So he always help out with like students. And I freaked out because I didn't think he was going to be in there until I was actually shooting. I was like, whoa, this got real, real quick. You know, we always laughed about that, even like on the, the sound crew and us, we were just got done shooting that intense scene with the whips and everything and just going in and we're over there and it was like, cut, it's a wrap, just for that scene until we go to the next one. Now, when we got there, we were just laughing so hard. We were like, oh my God, I can't believe we just shot that. You know, it started off with the sound crew, you know, the sound, the boom, and they're over there just laughing. Oh, my ears, just all those whip sounds and all those noise, like, oh, the grunting, and we're just laughing. And they're like, my sensitive ears, you know, we just laughing like a bunch of Indian, you know, all here just laughing. Then I said, hey, I'd rather have that because I had to pull focus and make sure every freckles on his but was in focus so don't tell me my eyes are i see it it's like varsity blue i see it every time i close i see it so it was funny <laughs> <laughs> but like i said you guys haven't seen p sean's movie go check it out because it is it's a trip in a good way and it's funny she's really pushing the boundary on that so i was actually happy to volunteer on her shoot even though she told me your first ac i was like i always had i was volunteering first i was there for the experience so <laughs> i was happy to have that so what do you guys have coming up next all right so right now we're ending the circuit for dues um we've been in the film circuit for about a year and a half we're wrapping it up we're actually stay tuned we're gonna be releasing it publicly on thanksgiving weekend with the alternate ending you know i'll give you guys a little hit the mural we're gonna tell you what happened to the mural it's not in the film now but when we release it on thanksgiving weekend you'll see so with that one we're gonna release it through all social media platform so type in on instagram windy city navajo facebook you know we're gonna release it on all those platforms so that's all you gotta type in is windy city navajo studio and you'll find it so we figure hey give it to the people let it loose um now from there all right so this is where to get really busy we just got back from la so we've been doing a lot of gigs in la getting hiring on different shoots as dps you know since we have a red camera it opens up a lot of doors especially we're being indigenous with our own equipment it's a really powerful move we love it now from there we got hired we're gonna go to the indigenous games up in halifax nova scotia in canada so everybody don't really know about the indigenous game here in the united states but it's a big big thing in canada now what it's open to all canada and open to all in the united states all these tribal kids they all come together and compete so they have like football golf swimming archery even indigenous games you know all of it they come together and they compete man talk about these kids so we've been shooting with team wisconsin for the past year 
working with all the tribes from Wisconsin, Ho-Chunk, Menominee, you know, Stockbridge, all of them, even Forest County, Potawatomi. So we've been shooting with them for the past year with all these kids. And believe me, there's a lot of good kids. And there's these two girls that are volleyball and they're sisters. Man, they're amazing. They grew up in Milwaukee and I give them props, man. They got a good head on their shoulder. And it's amazing. So we've been shooting them. So now, like I said, next month, you guys can go type it in on Indigenous Games. Just Google it. You'll see it. It's in Halifax, in Nova Scotia, in Canada. So that's going to be happening. So we're going to be out there for the whole week shooting everything. Now, that's a whole week shooting. So that's fun. Now, literally, right after they get done Sunday, that Monday, the next day, we got to drive all the way back until state, until Michigan. Because there's another event that's another whole week long, which is called the Potawatomi Gatherings. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, now you know. It's a big one. So we were there, too. Yeah, we were there the last year where they have all the other artists up there by um, Upper P, Michigan. Now, this side is on the lower. So we're going to be there. We got hired to shoot there, do all the marketing, shoot it, and bring it all together. So we'll be there. Now, after that, we got like maybe two, three days, right? after then we'll be out in LA again shooting on another set then we're also we're working on our own so like I said we've been working on a lot of different people sets shooting 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 running and gunning editing color grading you know off location to editing now this year I told my brother you know we really need to focus on Windy City Navajo Studio we need to start branching out our own film so we actually have three documentaries coming out we're getting ready for the next year film festival so we have total two of them that we're going to release in one we're still working on and also we're working on a feature doc and also a feature not a documentary but a regular feature so this has been in the works but i'm going to tell you our feature and everything we shoot is a little bit about our life and what we grew up in the chicago of a real true urban indian that one's it's all going to be shoot in our hometown in chicago we've been working on all the permits and we know the logistic is hard and but we got through it you know like i said anything is possible so we've been we'll be shooting in the south side of chicago for that so how can people know so you're open for hire right so yes we are we like to help indigenous people you know we all look for the towns but we also know it's hard because in this industry a lot of indigenous people we're limited by our own resources we all know that you know i came from all the tribal schools you know, I came from the tribal school, and you know, I represent tribal schools. Even TCJ Magazine, Tribal Trade, I was on the front page cover winning all their awards. So they love me. So all the people at TCJ Magazine, hey, what's up? I told you I'll make it. We're still going. You know, like I said, I represent all the schools, and I love it. So what we do, my brother and I, what we do, like how you said, we hire. We do something even better than hiring. And you know what's better than that? Exactly. Yeah. So my brother and I, we've been doing film workshop. Winnie City and I have been putting on a lot of workshop, but here's the best part. You can say, well, all these other organizations doing film workshop. Well, we're different. And how we are different is we have a red camera where we actually teach the kids hands-on and let them use the red camera. Because the biggest thing that we know is a lot of these indigenous kids coming from all these schools, they're working on DSLR, they're working on outdated equipment, you know, they don't have the latest and greatest. So when they get all this and doing it, and by the time when they try to go out there stepping the non-native world and try to get work, they're behind. And a lot of them get discouraged and they don't want to do it. And I hate that because why? I've seen that so many times. My peers, the people I work with where they got discouraged and left because they didn't know because they can't afford it. Now, for us, we save our money. We did it and we invested in the stuff that we love. Now, for us, we've been doing film sh workshop. We already did in Navajo Nation. We already did out there in Gala. We did that with them, work with the kids. We also did it in Pine Ridge and also in Cherry Creek, South Dakota. Then we also did it in Wisconsin with the Menominee Nations. So, see, we're everywhere. We're here to inspire these kids. But the best thing is 
we let them work with our red cameras and all our cine lens and all our state-of-the-art industry standards equipment and we're not afraid if they break it because you know why i'm a red technician so i'm able to fix it and also that's why we pay insurance <laughs> well that is awesome and good luck and i have two questions that i always ask my interviewees um, what advice would you give your younger self so if I had to go back and tell my younger self, keep on doing you and be real. Because as I said, as I was younger, I was a champion dancer. I've been all over the world when people didn't tell me. I had to tell my younger self. It was a great, great, great fundamental for who I am today. Because if it wasn't for all the stuff that I experienced as a young kid, I would never be the man of who I am today. And at the end of the day, I give a shout out to the government for the Relocation Act. See, this is what happened when you try to relocate us. You made us smarter and harder and stronger. So, so the second question is, what are you watching or listening to or reading that you would recommend everybody tune into? Oh, that's a good question. So what I've been reading, like I, I, you know, I'm always constantly traveling on the go. I'm always traveling, so I don't have a lot of time to pick up a book and read. But what I do do is Audible. I love Audible. You know, I like to listen to it. So like I've been listening to this one. It's, a, it's called The Summit. It's actually really good. It, you, I'm learning a lot because it's about these people that's just a go-getter, start off Washington, want to do an event, meet new entrepreneurs and try to get them together. Where now, if you guys actually don't know what The Summit is, go check it out. It's the world biggest where they get all these entrepreneurs working with the presidents, all these different organization where they come together and inspire and create new content so that's a good one so i also like to look uh, listen to a lot of business books um i also listen i you know i listen to the will book even um green light that's another one so like i like to go on audible look at the best one even atomic habit i listen to all that read all these books and everything so i also listen to a lot of the indigenous books too like they're there you know i'm open like i said i like to be open-minded because you never know where creativity can come from well, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, thank you. Hey, this is Angela and I'm at Dead Center and I'm here with another featured filmmaker. If you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Clash Conaway. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Eric Sanchez. I am Showwater Bay, Chinook, and Chicano, uh, and I am the writer, director, and I have a little small part in the film Fry Bread Jesus. I've heard so much about this. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So is this your first festival? Uh, it's the first one for this film in the United States. It premiered in Canada a couple times, um, but so far this is the only one it's gotten into. Yeah. <laughs> It's still, there's still like 10, 15 more I, I uh, submitted it to, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So how did you come up with this concept? Um, it was pretty late at night. Uh, I, I was smoking weed with my auntie and um, she was cooking up fry bread. We have midnight dinner where I'm from. We don't wake up till like two o'clock, three o'clock, you know? Uh, so we had midnight dinner. She's cooking up fry bread. I'm stoned. She gives me a piece, and I, I, I look at it. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, make a funny joke with her. I'm like, hey, Auntie, this look like Jesus to you? And she couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And I just, like, wrote it down in my notes. Um, and I had it in my notes for, like, two years. Uh, so then flash forward, I'm at the Institute of American Indian Arts, in my last semester, mostly focusing on my senior project, but um, 
I'm taking a broadcast technology class, and they want to know if we had any news stories that we could talk about. And I've always loved the the news story of finding Jesus on toast or, you know, like that. So I was like, well, let's do it on fry bread. <laughs> that's where it came from. That's, that's the idea. So I've noticed that fry bread is different from tribe to tribe. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. My tribe, we're, uh, we make little smaller pieces. And we're kind of more on the sweet end. So we do a lot of uh, strawberry shortcake fry bread where I'm from. So does, now do you make fry bread or just your auntie? Oh, uh, yeah, just auntie. Uh, I've, I've definitely helped knead the dough, um, but that's about it. She taught me the real quick, easy version, just using, um, what's that stuff? That biscuit stuff that you break out? Yeah, Bisquick. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, the canned one. She found out some, like, she's like, you can fry this up like fry bread, too. And uh, I've done that once, but, uh, yeah, I really need to practice more. But recently, I found out I have a gluten allergy. So uh, I need to start learning how to make it gluten-free gluten now. Oh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, thanks, government. Right. Yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I was looking for food earlier, and I, I asked if uh, there's any gluten-free or dairy-free stuff, and there, there usually isn't. And uh, it's the slow genocide on my people. that I, I met with a nutritionist on the res. She said, I'm, I'm like so indigenous that I'm allergic to these European foods, right? Uh, bread and cheese. And um, yeah, it's because it's so new to my diet. We've only had dairy and wheat for like 200 something years. So how did you get into filmmaking? Uh, I started off as a photographer. Um, I just like always had a camera with me and uh, I got really good at doing the, the single image with like a story in it and then I went to school for for photography up in North Seattle area and my teacher like first day said I don't know why you guys want to learn photography there's no money in it and I was like whoa what a horrible thing to say the first day so it already clicked in my mind it's like okay well I guess I gotta learn how to sell tickets in a theater and uh, make these pictures move we always want to tell people how they can get into the industry if they're interested in doing it. So tell us how your path was to coming into the industry. Mm. What is my path? Um, I went to film school. Um, I'm sociable. I like introducing myself to people and asking where everyone's from and watching their short films every time i meet a filmmaker i want i want to get like their whole you know every film they made i want to watch everything they do because that's what i love um yeah i think for me it was just going to film school i went to iaia the institute of american indian arts and they had a they had a connection with the santa fe international film festival so i submitted my film and got accepted that first year Second year, I ended up being the projectionist at the Jean Cocteau Theater in Santa Fe. So I got to see it from the projectionist side, and that's hard work. Like, shout out to all the projectionists and the film festivals everywhere. That's hard work. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's just submitting to the festivals I think it fits in, uh, making my way out here to the festivals, and just networking. How do you feel about how natives have been portrayed in media 
up to, I guess, the beginning of reservation dogs in Rutherford Falls. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of body image problems because of it. I grew up not liking what I looked like. It was very hard on me. Either I had the drunk Indian to look up to or a dead Indian. Um, so I knew like from probably my teenage years, um, well, if there's no one that looks like me, I need to do things that have me in it. So I, I, I got into like improv and theater. Um, there's still a lot of work I want to do. I grew up in Southern California in this place called Imperial Valley, which is a border town next to Mexico. And uh, all my brown friends, they have a hard time remembering that they're indigenous. So I think my big goal in life is I want all my, my Mexican friends and everyone below that border that, you know, that border is not even a real thing. I want us all to remember who we are. Um, I want us to, like, remember we're from this land. Uh, no one's going to push us off. And brown is beautiful. Yeah. So how do you feel about the tendency of filmmakers to exploit our trauma? Well, with non-native filmmakers, I don't like it. <laughs> right? What are you doing? Um, I made a, a, I, I react on responses. Like I see something, it makes me feel something, I get angry, so then I make art about it. So yeah, there was this whole time at school where I was like, well, all these uh, non-natives get to make films about Indians. I'm going to start making films about white people. So that's what I did, and that, that's the film that got into that Santa Fe International Film Festival. It's called Sage Me Not, and it's the classic, like, oh, this house is built on Indian burial ground. But I was like, what? You know, I watch all those movies. I never see an Indian ghost, so I wanted an Indian ghost in it. Um, but, you know, living in America, I guess, well, how do I say this? Uh, I show the experience of being native in America. Um, there's so much I've seen from, from, you know, I watch the non-natives. I'm a connoisseur of the Caucasian. And uh, I, 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 write, I write pretty well to uh, what I've seen in, in, in my lifetime. The European-Americans, that's what everybody started calling them. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's a joke about that, too. It's like, oh, I'm so white. And then I cut the actor off. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's our word. You gotta call yourself you're American. <laughs> That's awesome. So, who is your inspiration? Uh, I grew up on a lot of Scooby Doo and Cheech and Chong. Um, those two franchises, uh, you know, develop who I am today. Um, I watched a lot of Alan Ball, Six Feet Under, when I was probably too young to be watching it. That helped me out a lot. Um, who else do I like? Man, you know, I, I, this is like always the hardest question because I'll say like the ones that I could think of the top of my head and then I go home to my, my film collection and I was like, oh, but there's all those ones too. Yeah, but yeah, I'll stick with Scooby-Doo and Cheech and Chong. <laughs> so would you say your sense of humor is more of a morbid sense of humor? Uh, it's very... Uh, satirical um, 
I'm definitely thinking in, in terms of social justice. I'm thinking in terms of em environmentalism. Um, this one is a religious film. So I'm coming from that background of uh, being what I, uh, you know, I guess I'm a pagan savage to some people. Uh, so I'm coming from that point of view to, to make this Fry Bread Jesus one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Someone told me last night that it was dry humor and that was a new one for me. So uh, yeah, whatever people think, how they experience it. I like hearing what people say about my, my comedy because I'm still uh, developing. I'm still like, I know I'm funny. I just don't know what type of funny. Yeah, hopefully it's a universal funny. So you, did you say you did stand-up? No, I've done improv. Is stand-up something you're interested in trying? Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, that's intense. That's, that's a little bit too much um, attention on me. Uh, I like being funny in film. I like being funny in uh, group settings. Um, but when it's just the one, it's, uh, it's a little too much. Um, yeah, it's, it's me with the microphone talking to people, right? Like, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm just uh, a vessel for a great spirit to, to say things. So I don't know what will happen. Um, my favorite one is, uh, yeah, last time I got a microphone and talked to a bunch of natives, I almost started a revolution. So I'll keep it short and sweet this time. Yeah. I don't know what I do with stand-up. Uh, Have you watched History of the World Part Two at all? Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, Mel Brooks, hilarious. Love all this stuff. That whole stand-up that Zahn does. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? Ah, uh, hilarious. You might be a colonizer if. <laughs> yeah, super funny. That's so good. I love that one. So the new movement in us being able to tell our stories that's showing up in streaming, that's showing up in broadcast, do you think it's sustainable? Uh, I had a, a lunch with Chris Ayer, and he told us, he was like, hey, you know, we're in this window ever since Standing Rock. Uh, Indians are cool again. And I was told that ever since I was a little kid. Indians are cool every 40 years. Um, and this is our time right now. And I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. And I'm going uh, to keep it going, you know, until my last breath. This is, this is my life. This is what I want to do. So now do you do the, from birth to earth with the project? Or how does, that, how does your process work? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a creator. I start from the idea. I get into the writing. Um... The way I operate and work is uh, I get inspired and it's a very huge movement. So I, uh, like I, I, what's the right word? I feel like I'm on fire in a good way. It's like, oh, let's do this now. And I, I, I work super hard, I get it done, but then I need a break. So my break could be anywhere from like three months to three years, but I'm always trying to top myself. You know, the only, uh, competition is my previous self so i just try to make the biggest things i can and then i need a break and then that's how i work so two questions i always ask my interviewees <clears throat> like what's something that you would tell your younger self go to therapy yeah 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 that's a big one 
I've seen how people have tried to put out that fire in me, and I don't know where they're coming from, but I've had teachers. This is a lot of the non-native people. So I would say, yeah, little Eric, uh, therapy's cool. Learn how to use your voice. That's great advice for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the second question is, what are you watching or reading or listening to that's inspiring you right now? Hmm. What am I watching? I have no internet on the res, so. <laughs> uh, I just like watch everything on Criterion Channel. I like diving deep into those. I was watching Broad City with my partner. That one's hilarious. I know I'm super late on that one, but I'm finally getting to it. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, one movie I can't stop talking about. It, it, it's non-native. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Because it, it kind of, it talks about things I want to talk about, the bourgeois. And it's like, ooh, that's good. I love what they're doing with that. I really want to watch Ryan Records film. Um, so I'm going to that tonight. And, you know, the bummer thing is like, there's two native films. One's playing at 5.30. The other one starts at 6.30. It's like, oh, how do I navigate both of those? So I'm hoping I just run into both of them at the party and be like, hey, I didn't get to catch yours. Can I get a link? Well, thanks for taking the time to visit with me. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, letting me speak. So we'll look forward to your next project, which will be... Uh, let's see. Um, I have a senior project film I haven't pushed out yet. Um, I'm going to start, yeah, I guess this summer when Sundance opens. It's called Taiyi, Messenger of the Void. And then, other than that, I'm, I got a, a scholarship to go to CalArts. Um, so I'm going to do that for the next three years. It's uh, my MFA in film directing. Yeah, Fry Bread Jesus was the film that like I sent CalArts uh, in my application. So, you know, I'm doing something funny and uh, great. So I got a full ride scholarship from them. Congratulations! Wow! Yeah, super stoked, super grateful. It's incredible. That's so exciting. Well, good luck. And then we'll see you soon at the next next event. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And be sure to tune in to Real Indigenous Podcast on all your podcast platforms. Kuyana! (laughs) 